Hi everyone, this is Kristen Lizenby Lee, founder of Where Joy Is Ministries, restoring joy to Christian womanhood. This is part seven and the final episode in this series, which is called A Mighty Woman's Artillery. We have been studying the armor of God, unpacking each piece and learning what it represents and how we can effectively use each piece of the armor in our battle against our enemy. The Bible says that we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities and powers. Our fight isn't with people. It's within the spiritual realm. So it's pointless to think that physical weapons are somehow going to be useful. A spiritual battle can only be fought and won with spiritual weapons. And that's what Paul was teaching the church at Ephesus. And that's what the Holy Spirit wants us to understand as well. He wants us to acknowledge that we are in a war and then recognize and admit that we can't be victorious apart from his artillery, apart from his strength. When we understand that, the final thing he wants is for us to be intentional and put on the armor, use the weapons and all the things that are accessible through him. So last week, we finished studying the last piece of the armor listed in Ephesians chapter 6, and that was the sword of the Spirit. Today, I'm going to talk about one more piece in a mighty woman of God's artillery belt, and you've probably already guessed what it is. It's joy. Now, there are plenty of other things that God has given to us. The Bible says he's blessed us with all spiritual blessing. The benefits of the Christian life are endless. And when we are in Christ, we have the very power that raised Jesus up from the dead right at our fingertips. Prayer is one of the most powerful tools that we have. We also have the fruit of the Spirit, the power of love, our testimony. There are so many other things that a woman of God can and should utilize and live by that will make her mighty. And we will study more about those things in future podcasts. But today, as the final installment in this particular series, I'm going to talk about joy. And I'm going to do it for multiple reasons. First, I firmly believe that joy is one of the least talked about aspects of the Christian life. There are plenty of books written about happiness and that emphasize happiness, but not joy. And there's a big difference between the two. I believe it is very, very important for there to be teaching on what joy truly is and what it looks like in the life of a follower of Jesus. Secondly, I'm going to talk about joy because having joy and living a joy-filled life is one of my biggest struggles. And I don't know about you, but I need to be reminded daily of the truth about joy and how to apply it to my life. And thirdly, I'm going to talk about joy because there is an interesting connection between joy and warfare. So first, we're going to tackle what joy is as opposed to happiness. There are many teachings within the spectrum of Christianity that say God intends to make you healthy and wealthy and comfortable, and you're meant to have a big smile on your face all the time. And if something's going wrong in your life, especially for an extended period of time, it's because of your own lack of faith or understanding of God. Now, the Bible does not teach this. This belief is a man-made version of Christianity. True Christianity is not about happiness but about holiness. And with that holiness, there is joy. 
There's rarely happiness when God makes us holy, when he's in that process. Anytime God begins to mold me, it's painful. Anytime God intends to refine you and I by putting us into the fire, it's not a happy, pleasant experience because it reveals the depth of our sin. It brings all of the sin within us up to the surface and we see who we are apart from the Lord. Holiness is not a happy, pleasant thing. And sometimes it entails illness or even poverty. Take the life of Job. God allowed him to be afflicted and allowed his wealth and his health to be stripped away. And he did it for a purpose. And through that difficulty, God was glorified through the life and through the testimony and faithfulness of Job. God truly does work all things together for good. Jesus himself lived in poverty. He had no home. The disciples gave up everything for Jesus and lived lives of poverty, and nearly all of them were killed for their faith. Most all of the heroes of the Christian faith endured torture, um, long bouts of illness. They lacked many, if not all, comforts. And they were able to understand, though, through, through all of that, what Paul meant when he said, God's grace is sufficient. The grace and unmerited favor of God is enough. The devil is always on the offense to attack and make us forsake our faith or curse the name of God. But we have to understand that if we will endure the fight, if we will endure hardship and trial and all the pain that comes with being shaped into the very likeness of Christ, we will have a deeper understanding of what joy is. And it's not based on circumstances. Joy is not moved by outward circumstances. Even on the cross, with the weight of sin upon Jesus, with the weight of the whole world upon him, the Bible says, for the joy that was set before him, for the joy that was right before his eyes, he endured the cross. There was, in the darkest moment in all of history, there was joy there. That's a really powerful thing to think about. Warfare is not pleasant, but it is a reality. And yet, even when we are exhausted from holding our sword or raising our shield, we can have joy in the fight. If Jesus can hang on the cross and still have joy before his eyes, then we can certainly live this Christian life and fight this battle and run this race with the same mindset. As James said, count it all joy. As I mentioned earlier, joy is something that I have struggled with for pretty much my whole life. I've talked about how I am prone to anxiety. That's just how the devil comes against me most times. That's his go-to move with me. And he loves attacking me in that area specifically. In 2013, right after I had our first daughter, I fell into a deep depression. And it was in that season that the Lord led me to Psalm chapter 16, verse 11, where David makes the statement, In thy presence is fullness of joy. I titled this ministry, Where Joy Is, because it's important for me to always know exactly where to turn. It's important, I've got to be reminded, whatever we need, it can be found where Jesus is. And where He is, there is not only joy, but fullness of joy. So it's a daily reminder for me to seek the presence of God, because that's where comfort is when I've been hurt in the battle. That's where strength is to fight a little longer. That's where wisdom is to know how to wield my sword. 
As I said a few minutes ago, there is a connection between joy and warfare. And so that's the main reason I wanted to include this in this series. It's important to understand what joy is um, as opposed to happiness. And it's also important to understand where joy can be found. And that's in the presence of God. Now, let's learn about its power. Many people don't think of joy in correlation with warfare, but I'm going to share with you one of my favorite stories in the Bible, and hopefully you will see the power of having joy right in the middle of a war. In 2 Chronicles chapter 20, we see the Moabites and the Ammonites, which were enemies of Israel. We see them come against God's people. The king, Jehoshaphat, was horrified, as I definitely would have been had I been in his shoes. The armies coming up against Israel were much greater in number than the actual army of Israel. And so Jehoshaphat did what we should do every day, and he immediately ran to the Lord. He acknowledged that there was a battle going on, and the enemy was one he could not defeat apart from the power of God. And so he told the tribe of Judah to begin praying. And so the tribe of Judah came together and they fasted and they prayed and they cried out to God for help. Then Jehoshaphat stood up and makes this bold declaration about God. And I tell you, God loves to hear his people acknowledge who he is and what he's done. And that's what Jehoshaphat did. And as he was praying out loud, he told God that, his, that this enemy had come to take from them what God himself had given to the people of Israel. And that's exactly what Satan does every time he comes against us. He's wanting to take what God has already and freely given to us. In verse 12 of chapter 20, Jehoshaphat says, We have no might against this great company that comes against us. Neither know we what to do, but our eyes are upon thee. Ephesians chapter 6 verse 10 tells us to be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Jehoshaphat knew this. So after he finished praying, God spoke to Jehoshaphat and he told him not to be afraid. That seems to be God's first words to to us many, many times in scripture. He told Jehoshaphat to tell the people of Israel not to be afraid because the battle was his, not theirs. Then he said in verse 17 that they wouldn't even have to fight. God would do all the fighting. That that takes us back to the armor where our weapons are useless. But when we yield to the power and strength of Christ, he begins to live and move and fight through us. My favorite part of the story, though, begins in verse 21. The next morning... Jehoshaphat chose singers. He chose musicians and he put them before the soldiers. Can you picture that? What kind of army puts the choir before the tanks and the machine guns? But as the singers began praising God, the enemy heard. They heard the music and they heard all the praising and all the songs about victory and they were so confused and confounded that the Bible says they actually turned on each other. God set what the Bible calls ambushments which is traps, he set ambushments against the enemy and they actually killed each other. There is power in joy. Even, and I would venture to say, especially in warfare. Nehemiah chapter 8 verse 10 says, For the joy of the Lord is your strength. 
So in this battle that we are fighting every day, remember that your strength comes from having joy in the Lord. There is an unparalleled power that comes with joy. When God's people, even when they're broken, even when they're trembling, even when they're exhausted, When they stop struggling or complaining and just begin praising God for His goodness, for His salvation, for His love. When God's people do this, in spite of all the tricks and attacks from Satan, the enemy has to shut down. The Bible says in Psalm 22 verse 3 that God inhabits the praises of His people. God dwells. He lives in praise. He lives in joy. So the enemy is powerless when we use that weapon against him. God's intent for every Christian woman is to be a mighty woman. His intent is for his daughters to be women of truth. To be women who willingly submit to him and allow Christ to live his life through theirs. God's intent is for us to be at peace with Him and with others as we gracefully and passionately spread the gospel message. He wants us to have faith that can slay every giant, knowing that we have the hope of salvation that protects us from all of hell's schemes. God's intent is for the women who bear His name to be women of the Word, not out of obligation or with boredom, but with joy. I pray that you have been challenged through this series to answer this calling on your life, to be a mighty woman. Please check out wherejoyis.com for more information and resources, as well as the annual weekend getaway for girls and women. May we be mighty, valiant women of God, full of joy. 